Welcome back to Behind the Screens. I'm Simon Burton from Numero. I'm Matthew Liebman from Vista Group. And I'm Ryan Proventure from Movio. Gents, did you watch the Oscars last night? What are your thoughts? I thought it was a great, I thought it was a fun show. I, I, not a lot of, not a lot of surprises, but after last year, I think that's what the Academy wanted was not a lot of surprises, but you know, it was really a love fest when, when short round and Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones were hugging at the end, uh, you know, that was, that was a great way to end the show and everything everywhere all at once expectedly won, but that was great. They, they all, clearly loved working with each other and and loved the process of making this movie and it was it was nice to see them all really supporting one another yeah how about you better what are your thoughts yeah it was good i only managed to catch the the, the second half of it but um i did have a good friend who had a hundred dollars on women talking to win best film at 200 to one uh, unfortunately that didn't come through as we said no real surprises um perhaps they need to learn how to be a slightly better gambler than that, right? <laughs> and, you know, like like us, um, the very last thing Jimmy Kimmel did was flip the, the digit to show one Oscar since Serious Incident, and we got to do that last week as well. Uh, I'll let people just work out what might have happened before that. Uh, but definitely a, a, an Oscars for A24, nine awards, Netflix with five. And the major studios... You know, didn't didn't really come home strong this this year. You have Disney with two, MGM with one, Paramount with one, Warner's with one, but A twenty four with the whale and and obviously everything everywhere, really dominated the night. Uh, but we're really here to talk about what's happening in the theaters in terms of box office and audiences. Simon, do you want to kick us off with what's happening around the world and and what's happened with uh, the major new release of the week, Scream Six? Yeah, we had Scream Six opening globally this past weekend, Matthew, and exceeding expectations. Uh, for a global result of $67 million, uh, which is the best film in the series, topping the effort from Scream 3. Uh, Scream 6, $44.5 million domestically, an additional 22.6 internationally from 53 markets. Uh, interestingly enough, that, that international result was about 60% above the 2022 instalment of Scream. It was also the best opening of the series in 29 international markets. Uh, but the, the top film internationally continued to be this week, Creed 3, grossing an additional $24 million from 75 markets, a drop of 43% from the, the opening weekend. Uh, and just to compare this against the first Creed and the second Creed, it's 110% above the initial Creed and 35% above Creed 2. So the international cube now stands at $78 million with a global cube of 179, with the domestic cube just ticking over $100 million. Let's just jump back to Scream 6. As we said, $44.5 million at domestic box office from 3,675 screens. And the audience, Ryan? Well, the audience for Scream 6 was pretty much what you'd expect. We have the Scream from last year. All of the Halloween last three films that we had, Knock at the Cabin, The Black Phone, and Cocaine Bear, which kind of came in there. People wanting to see two type of thrillers in, in, in the in the in the weeks in the last couple of weeks what was interesting was we compared this scream to the one last year and the numbers of frequency were very very similar and i i want to look at this because i think it says still a little bit about something of where we are right now 
Again, the infrequence was 39%. That's still a high percentage of people that are just not coming back as often as we might want them to be. But we are still seeing the occasionals at 33% and the frequency at 24%. So again, we want those infrequence to become more frequent. We want people going to the movies more often. But if we can continue to get people to come back and enjoy movies and enjoy these experiences, then those numbers are going to continue to adjust over the next couple of months. I really think that's going to happen. Just on that infrequence, I guess one of the things that's a little surprising for me is if there's a genre that's really been flying at the industry and pulling people out, it's been the horror franchise. And I know not all horror films are, are created equally, but you'd think that in some ways the infrequence might be less uh, in that category because there's just been so many horror films for people to, who like that genre to come along and enjoy. Yeah, it's it's a wonder as to whether maybe there is a little bit of people wanted to see Megan but didn't necessarily see this one or they saw Cocaine Bear and they didn't see this one. You know, even though the comparable films are all obviously horror films, I think maybe people are a little more picky than than they were in the past. That could be a little bit of it, but the hope is again, we 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 want that infrequent number to to go a little bit lower. But as as people continue to come back to the cinema and see, I think especially with horror films, which are, you know, that they're they're a communal experience at the theater, right? We all kind of want to get scared together. And I what you'll see here is that, you know, 47% of the audience bought two tickets. That's not surprising, right? People go together as a couple and and you know, they 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 want to be able to and, you know be scared with one another. Although the male audiences were at 56 compared to 54% for the last scream, pretty much the uh, pretty much the same. That brings in males slightly more, but it's basically even. But this is, this is again, an, another real good sign that March is going to be a fantastic month for the box office as we slowly get into spring and then, and then really ramp up at summer. Yeah, and when you look at the budget for this, the reported production cost was just $35 million. The ability to turn around uh, this title in a year from its predecessor and then smash the, the opening weekend for the entire franchise is, is quite amazing. Um, of course, this one has found its audience, 93% um, score on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience, 75% for reviewers, still a bit of a gap, but both on the positive side and a B plus cinema score, which seems to be just about as good as you can do in cinema score when it comes to the horror franchise. Uh, I'm expecting to see another one of these uh, greenlit any day now. Uh, I'm wondering if, uh, if Nev Campbell is regretting getting off the train uh, with this sort of success in the first screen that she's not been in from what I recall, at least, at least for a little while anyway. The other new release or the other major one of the week, Simon, was uh, Lasers and Dinosaurs with 65 from Sony. Uh, how did that perform? Uh, again, exceeded expectations. I know in the, in the lead up, uh, we were talking about sort of high single digits for the opening weekend, but it eclipsed those and came in at $12.3 million from 3,400 screens to be in third position. The audience, Ryan? Well, you know, the audience, I think, was, again, a little bit of what you expected. We had Jurassic World, Dominion, Knock at the Cabin, Ant-Man. Interestingly, Plane came in there, uh, Cocaine Bear, Avatar, and Violent Nights. Interesting, actually, some interesting films there. But what we did see was that the, the when we compare this to Jurassic World, Dominion, understandably, we have one as a franchise and one as kind of a movie that's all on its own. 
the infrequents were uh, 25% for for 65, but 44% for um, for Jurassic World. So we did see more frequent moviegoers going out now for 65, which was 36% compared to 18% for Jurassic World. Again, we were in a different time when Jurassic World came out as far as COVID and things like that. So we were probably bringing back more people. But when you compare this to Scream, the frequencies are quite different. And it might be that, you know, frequent moviegoers were just like, hey, this is in theaters. I'm just going to go see it. I see everything that's in theaters. Uh, there could be a little bit of that here. But uh, and again, it was uh, males were, were quite a bit more at 66 percent compared to 54 percent for Jurassic World. But Jurassic World is a, is is a franchise that has been around since the early 90s. So there's no surprise that it's bringing all, you know, both men and women to it as compared to a little, this one skewing a little bit more male at 65. And look, I guess the, the box office is a little modest at the moment, but again, a reported production cost of $45 million means it's not a big hurdle once it finishes its global um, season. It's one of those films that, where we do see a big discrepancy between reviewers and the audience. You know, Rotten Tomato reviewers sitting at a, a fairly soft um, 37%. The audience much stronger at 63%. And, you know, I'm sure that the, the marketers have tested all of this, but I can't help but wonder a title like 65, unless you know what this is about, it's a little obscure. I mean, is it a sports person? You know, is it is it the number on a jersey? Uh, is it is it, you know, who knows what it is? And I wonder if the title might have worked a little bit against it. Now, as I say, I'm not the marketer, I'm not on the inside, didn't get a test marketed, but you know, it's not obvious it was 65 million years ago with dinosaurs versus lasers. That sounds a lot more fun than, than just the number. Um, but again, very easy to, um, to Monday morning quarterback these sorts of things. Now that's a sporting segue for the other um, release of the week, Champions from the Farrelly Brothers. It looks like they've evolved a fair bit from something about Mary and Warren to this, um, this particular movie about uh, Woody Harrelson looking after a bunch of kids with developmental disabilities. From what I gather, including from my son who went and saw it, it's a really fun, charming film. It's actually got the highest cinema score of the week at an A. It's got the highest Rotten Tomato audience score of the week at 95%. Um, Simon, in terms of box office, did it find an audience despite all of that goodwill uh, from those who did actually watch it? Yeah, not the highest box office for the weekend, Matt. Coming in at number six, champions, um, with uh, with a box office of five point one five million from three thousand screens. Uh, Ryan, do you want to share the audience profile? Yeah, it was a it was an interesting audience profile. We had Jesus Revolution, A Man Called Otto, eighty for Brady, Ticket to Paradise, Missing. Again, Cocaine Bear showing up here uh, with a with an audience and Magic Mike's Last Dance and and Plane. Again, these people these are these are the behavior of the people, not necessarily um, the the films aren't going to all match completely when you look at this. But we did I did want to look at sort of very close films, so I did look at Jesus Revolution in terms of time. And the infrequence for this one were 29% compared to 50% for Jesus Revolution. So there was a difference there and the occasionals was 35 to 32%. So 35 for champions and 32% for Jesus Revolution. The frequency, uh, the frequent moviegoers, which I think is a nice sign here was 32% compared to 16%. 
So people who came out and saw this, they they go to movies uh, a reasonable amount and probably, you know, what what I discovered in, in doing a little looking around the box office this weekend is that there has been more sort of walk up sales and people not necessarily buying in advance. And I think that's for a movie like this, maybe people did walk up and just sort of like, this is a movie we want to see. I'm always surprised that audiences don't know what they're going to do when they get to the theater, but occasionally I guess that still happens. And it was a split audience. And I think this is a movie that 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 men and women um, very often went together too. So 54% of the audience was male. Uh, no real kind of surprises there. What I kind of like about that um, stat that you gave that more people are walking up instead of pre-buying is, you know, pre-buying to an extent is around um, an event movie, you know, a fear of missing out. I'm showing up for the AAA tentpole. When people show up at the box office, even if they know they're going to see 65, but don't bother to pre-buy, it feels like cinema going is becoming a little more casual and these B titles are becoming relevant again. I, I almost take that impulsive, less event calendarization of cinema going as being another sign of recovery um, than, than anything else. It, you know, I think casual movie going has been uh, a thing of the past, not just because people booked only for the tent poles, uh, but because of that whole COVID awareness and not wanting to interact with people or touch kiosks and so on. So, you know, again, I, I think this is just another sign of the industry getting back to its stride. So I'm just at a high level. There are a number of other big titles that, that contributed to the box office that were holds. Any, any of them you want to call out? Yeah, we touched on Creed 3 staying in second position. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania in its in its fourth weekend, grossing an additional $7.1 million, nearly at the $200 million mark in the domestic box office. Cocaine Bear in fifth position with only a drop of 44% from last week to take another $6.2 million or, and bring its cum now to over $50 million at the domestic market. So again, smashing expectations there with, with that result. Uh, and then as we touched on champions, rounding out the top six at the domestic box office this past weekend. Uh, we should touch in on Avatar Way of Water now in its 13th week. Um, it's only about $4 million now behind Avengers Infinity War, which would bring it into the eighth highest domestic film of all time. Amazing. Still money to go there. So, again, we're seeing that, that March is, if anything, outperforming not just the expectations for this month, but traditional March performance so far. And we're not through it yet. We've got um, Shazam! Fury of the Gods next week. We've got John Week 4 the week after that. Dungeons and Dragons... Honor Amongst Thieves rounding out the final day of March. Sam, you've had a look at some of the advanced ticket sales for these upcoming releases. Anything you can share there? Yeah, it looks like the the, the over expectations will continue throughout the, the remainder of March. So on the back of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Cocaine Bear, Creed 3, Scream 6, 65. It's fair to say all of these titles in, in the leading up to their release um had a certain number pegged for their, their opening weekend and, and they've, they've gone past each one of those and if we look forward to as we said shazam fear of the gods this weekend the first installment back in uh early april 2019 opened domestically to 53 and a half million dollars uh, the expectation i'm seeing at the moment around uh, various sources is the high 30 million dollars to open domestically this weekend um but what looking in at the, the pre-sales in the last couple of days four or five days out from release they're right in line with that that first shazam so 
not saying it's going to get to that 53 and a half, but you'd certainly think it would uh, would go above that that high 30s number if the uh, if the pre-sales follow through. And then going another week ahead, we've got John Wick 4 releasing on the 24th of March. Um, and that, those pre-sales are tracking about 15% ahead of John Wick 3, which opened domestically to $56.8 million. So hopefully that can um, exceed the expectations there. But all, all, all green for an extremely strong March um, at this point in time. Yeah, and look, I think the, the quote of the week definitely came from Paramount's president of domestic uh, distribution, Chris Aronson, on the back of Scream 6. He was quoted as saying, movie going, big gets movie going. We're seeing that right now. I think that's absolutely the truth. And with three big titles coming over the balance of this month, hopefully that, that flywheel just keeps spinning faster and faster. And, you know, we get to the end of the year with, uh, with a solid outperformance. So, gents, that brings us to the end of another week behind the screens. Good to chat to you both, and uh, we'll catch up again a week from now. Thanks, Matthew. Been a pleasure. Movio and Numero are two of the businesses within the Vista Group, the world-leading provider of technology solutions to the global film industry. For more moviegoer insights, be sure to visit movio.co and follow Movio, Numero, and Vista Group on Twitter and LinkedIn. The Behind the Screens podcast is produced by Grace Furness and edited by Patrick Hanna.